Hey everyone, what's being done to help more Texans get access to healthcare? Plus, how do we move away from the culture war battles in Texas politics? And what was it really like being part of those special sessions on education called by Governor Abbott? I'm pumped to get a unique point of view of the big news to start the week with State Representative Dr. Suleiman Lalani. It's Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Rahil Ramzan, and here's what Houston's talking about. Okay, this is definitely the first time that we've had a state representative and a doctor on at the same time, and it's the same person. State Representative Dr. Lalani, welcome into CityCast Houston. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Ryle, for inviting me. I'm very doing very well, and a good, very good morning, good day to you and all your listeners. Yeah, man, we are excited to have you on. So let's get into our biggest stories right now. What is your biggest story of the week? For me, actually, the biggest story is healthcare. Uh, you know, this is the story of millions of Texans. As you know, I do geriatrics, so I see senior patient people. And one of my patients, I'm seeing her and I'm telling her, Ms. Jones, uh, you're not taking your medication. She smiled and said, yes, doctor, this is not covered by my insurance. I'm not taking it. So I said, okay, you know what? Let me change the prescription. Have you heard about $4 pharmacy to your local neighborhoods? She said, yes. I said, okay, here you go. Let's uh, go and get it done. And uh, I see her the following month. And lo and behold, Ms. Jones, you're not taking medications. And then she puts her arm around my shoulder and says, Dr. Lalani, you know, I'm on eight medicine and John is on other eight medicine. Four times 16 is the number I can't afford on my social security check. And I came home and I cried that night and I talked to my wife that I was trying to be smart, but this lady taught me a life lesson. Now, how many of us know Ms. Jones in our life? How many of us know that the couple who's rationing their medication, pushing their 30-day supply to 40? How many of we know that how many young people do two jobs but unable to afford healthcare? Number one cause of bankruptcy in America is, is health catastrophe. So I want to work on healthcare access and affordability. That's what we want to focus on and make sure that America is not a reactive in healthcare, which is right now. We want to be more proactive, more preventive, so the people can afford to get their healthcare so we can prevent the complications from happening. You go to any ER, any hospital, I can challenge you, and you will see the hallways are full with patients, but more than half of them do not belong there if they get their care done nicely outpatient. And I use my example like, look, when diabetes hits, it hits you, doesn't discriminate the color of your skin, it's going to hit you. And number one cause of kidney failure in America is diabetes. So if we can take care of it, there are people who have 20 years of diabetes living a normal life. And we have people who have only a few years of diabetes get into complications, their limbs get amputated, they they get blind, they get things. The main difference is access to care. The one who was able to get the care and the one who was not able to get the care on time and uh, take the medications. So we need to be proactive in this regard. Yeah, we definitely have to be more proactive. And by the way, Ms. Jones is a pseudonym. And the other thing I want to talk to you about healthcare is we always see reports that Texas is one of the worst states when it comes to uninsured children as well. And that's a big problem that we're dealing with in Texas. And being a first-time state representative, how hard is that knowing your background in medicine? By the way, you're still practicing. How hard is it that when you're trying to talk to colleagues, trying to bring up these problems, but nothing's getting done? 
you know, Texas leads the nation, even the world in many ways. You know, Texas is the eighth largest global economy. I mean, eighth largest. So the economy is, is bigger than Russia, bigger than Canada or Australia, to put into perspective. We started our session with $34 billion with B when we started as surplus. We could have done wow. such a nice job for healthcare, education, all those big issues that we have worked on. But unfortunately, the state legislation stayed focused on things that made more noise, but did not have any productive results. There were times of frustration, there are times of chaos and a lot of negativity, but at the same time, there were periods of sanity and blessings because, you know, as, as a, one good man has said, there are two set of people in politics, one that will trust you and vote for you and get you elected, but there are a second set of people are your colleagues who will work with you and help you pass a good bill or block a negative bill. So mm -hmm. I'm able to, you know, connect with our colleagues. I've told them, that's how I start my conversation. Like, look, I'm new here, but I know 10, 15% of the issues we will never agree upon. I don't yeah. want to go that way. Why don't we focus on 70% that we agree upon and let's start working? Because irrespective of, of the party, there are issues that are affecting all Texans. Are you hopeful about the future of healthcare access in Texas? I am very hopeful. I am very hopeful. And, you know, for, for example, I try to put a bill along with my colleagues to, to expand Medicaid. Uh, so we can get some federal dollars and get, you know, millions of other Texans get more access to care. Unfortunately, that bill did not go anywhere. But the other mm -hmm. bill, uh, which expanded Medicaid for the expected mothers and, and the infants, for now it was covered only for two months uh, to three months. The bill is passed to cover for 12 months. So I'm so happy wow. to report that this is a step in the right direction. And I need to continue doing that so people can get access. Okay, I'm going to go to my biggest story, State Representative Dr. Lalani. Mine comes from the Houston Chronicle, and it's about getting us on the national grid. Greg Kassar, who represents Texas's 35th Congressional District, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, AOC, will move forward with a bill called the Connect the Grid Act. The bill would require ERCOT, which is the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, to connect to the U.S. major electric grids. The lawmakers said in a news release that by connecting ERCOT to the rest of the country, Texans would save money, avoid blackouts during weather emergencies, and help the nation also reach its climate goals with Texas's clean energy production. So this is a fascinating one because we heard about this move and potential move after Winter Storm Uri. We've had episodes on this, which I will link in our show notes. But what are your thoughts on this one? Because I'm kind of mixed on it. Well, absolutely. We need to upgrade. You know, even when the houses that we live in, you know, after a certain time, we know that we need to upgrade our, our appliances. We need to upgrade our, our roof. We need to man maintain and whatnot. Here, the grid is out there. And, you know, Texas is now more than 30 million people. All these businesses that are coming up, I think we need to, to be smart and we need to be proactive. We cannot wait for a disaster and react yeah. to it. There's a lot of energy exchange that it happens with different states. Uh, you know, we, we can do that. We need to focus on some green energy that is possibility and also upgrade all, all our grids so we make sure that we stay on top of it, you know. Yeah, for sure. We need to be really on top of upgrading it. My one concern is, and this was a takeaway I had after one of the conversations regarding winter preparation and, you know, Winter Storm Uri is the big one, right, that we always think about where so many people lost power, lives were lost because we were not prepared. But talking to the guest, you know, he said that 
even if we were connected to the national grid, it wouldn't have mattered because everybody was without power. Like there was not enough supply out there. And that's like my one big takeaway. I always think about like in a big storm that's impacting everyone, like we're all screwed in this, unfortunately. So that always stuck with me. But yeah, but just being on the grid might help lower prices. We'll research that. You know, we've talked about that before as well with guests. But I think just that like upgrading, making sure we're good and being proactive is definitely one thing to watch out for. You know, and there's always people have optimistic or pessimistic view. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a very pessimistic view. Yeah, there is a 1% chance that everybody, the whole America will have a blackout. Yeah. But there's a 99% chance that we will get benefit because some state will have, you know, surplus that we can benefit out of it. Yeah, for sure. So we certainly have to look into the half, uh, you know, glass half full and, and, yeah. and work towards the positivity and hope that how we can innovate and how we can progress further. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes on this story and oh, good luck with that because ERCOT is deeply ingrained in us, unfortunately, as Texans and the economy and, you know, look, political aspect. There's just so much that comes with it. So this will be a major, major undertaking. Okay, Dr. Lalani, since I have you here, I'm going to change up rapid fire a little bit because I have so many questions about you serving and representing the people of Fort Bend uh, area here in Texas. So rapid fire is going to be focused on your experiences. But before we start with that, just being a state representative, how cool is that? Well, it's, it's, it's cool. Uh, it's, it's also a lot of uh, responsibility because people yeah. have put faith in you. You know, that's, that's what I start yeah. with telling people that when people vote, they don't give you power or authority. What they give you is their faith. And I, I wake up every day and I pray to God that please bless me that I can fulfill the faith and trust that people have put into me. And that's where I started working. And in that regard, and I'm so blessed to tell you that in our first session, I chose to work on 155, 155 pieces of legislation. 36 wow. of them has passed into law. These are healthcare, education, mental health, seniors, technology. Yeah. So let me ask you the first question in rapid fire, okay? You've been serving as a state rep for the last two years, and you were actually part of those special sessions that Governor Abbott called in 2023 uh, during the back end of the year. What were those special sessions like in terms of morale and then actually getting things done? Because the headlines, I think everybody, all the constituents of like your representative district, we were like... What's happening here now? Why are we doing this? What was it like when you were actually there? So four special sessions, essentially in, in, in one line, I would say it was a waste of time. Yeah. We, could have, we could have been more productive and serious, uh, uh, focusing on issues that actually affects everyday Texan, and yeah. then not just to you know, do or bang uh, the hammer on the walls for unnecessary things and, and just waste time, energy, and resources. Wow. So while you were there, like were other colleagues also echoing that sentiment? Like, what are we doing here? Why, why are we wasting time? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Did anybody call out Governor Abbott for that? Was there any kind of pushback? I'm sure. I'm sure there were a lot of frustrations. So a lot of people uh, have, have said that to him. Uh, mm. but, but there was a lot of sentiment out there. And uh, you know, there was a feeling of, of, yes, we are wasting time, resources, and yeah. energy here. Okay, my second question for you is, the 
First day of early voting for primaries actually starts today, and you're actually on the Democratic ballot facing off against Venetia Johnson. So tell me just how hard was it, one, to get elected, and then how hard is the re-election process so far? Well, you know what? It's, it is a process. But when you are passionate about something, when you're working hard about something, that's what I focus on, that I will do my best. The destiny is in the in the hands of the Lord, but the hard work is and honesty is on my side. So mm-hmm. I'm working in that, knocking our doors, talking to our constituents, uh, making phone calls, doing events. One of the things that we focus on is to do events with purpose. So we have done events in our neighborhood for back to school immunization. We have done events uh, like a general picnic for the na- for the people to show up. But we did COVID vaccine. We did the flu mm-hmm. shots. We even worked on a mammogram for the underprivileged, you know, the people to, to get it. If they don't have insurance, we made sure they can get it. And God forbid something happens or finding comes up. We have hooked up with the physicians and other groups that would provide the care for, for them, too. As I mentioned, early voting is starting today for the primaries with Election Day on March 5th, by the way. So don't forget everyone that's listening. So this is going to be an open-ended question, okay? But I want to get your thoughts on this. How do you think we can improve the political process in Texas? And you can take this any direction. I think, you know, it's very easy to sit down on the sofa and criticize, uh, but it takes uh, an effort to come out. So I would say to community is get engaged because you only get the leadership what you elect. And in the primaries, unfortunately, are the powerful elections. This makes decisions for for a lot of time to come is even more powerful than general. So I would Mm. tell our community to do your research, come out and vote, vote the right candidates, see their background, see what credibility they hold, see what their work they have done. Because the way they run the campaign, most likely this is how they will run their offices. And then see what they have done in the past. Most likely that's a reflection of what they will do in future. So whatever change you want to make, come out and vote. Okay, Dr. Lalani, I want to ask you about something that came to my attention, which I was just blown away by. And usually we do only in H-Town stories here, but this is almost like an only in Texas story here. The culture wars that are going on in the political space right now, right? Speaker Phelan attended a Ramadan event with you, and that turned into like an anti-vote for Speaker Phelan campaign. And Other candidates are now using that to leverage, like this is a bad thing that people are learning about other religions, cultures, and reaching across the aisle. What is going on with the culture wars here in Texas? This is an unfortunate uh, situation that that is happening. That's that's the extreme people are utilizing. Uh, You know, again, we need to focus on issues, important issues like work on healthcare, education, electric grid, flooding technology. Rather, we are focusing on nonsense issues that are happening. So, you know, as a first Muslim elected in the House, I did celebrate a lot of things to uh, bring all our colleagues on the table to, to learn from each other. And of course, we had a Ramadan resolution on the floor. And I talked about how our Jewish colleagues celebrate Yom Kippur and how our Christian colleagues are, are, are celebrating season of Lent and how we Muslim do Ramadan and, and uh, the rituals are different, but look how the essence are, are coming to be the same. And then I did the first iftar inside the capital where our ma- many colleagues from both the sides came and attended. And that's what it is. That, is, that shows that, look, 
speaker feeling and myself along with other colleagues sometimes we have disagreement and lot of issues but what we have agreed upon is a mutual respect for each other and then we wanted to work for our communities together and that's what it shows so utilizing religion and sidelining i think that's a very cheap tactic which both republican and democrat will denounce and i've linked that flyer in our show notes for those of you who you know want to see it and just want to check out like what exactly was said but there's a picture of you with you know candidates and you know speaker feeling is highlighted like it's a bad thing that he's there with a muslim state representative it is wild and we could be getting actual stuff done you know in austin but instead we're focused on things like that just to see that that was really heartbreaking yes you know showing respect for other religion is the american value yeah you know that's another thing that i i tell my colleagues that you know sometimes people would want to find a problem create a problem manufacture a problem and then come up with a solution which the the problem never existed in the first place i think diversity is our asset and we need to be by design inclusive and respect each other learn from each other and then that's where we will make progress state representative dr lalani thank you so much for joining us and it was nice catching up with you thank you that was state representative dr suleiman lalani you can learn about all the stories we discuss and learn more about the bills dr lalani is working on with the links in our show notes Hey, it's a short week, but we still have a lot of awesome stuff happening around the city. So stay on top of all the Houston events by subscribing to our daily newsletter, Hey Houston, with the info in our show notes. Thank you. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. Here's just a little fun twist I'll put on if you want to use it. You're probably wondering, wait, how is Raheel going to answer these questions today? Well, I'm pumped to get a unique point of view with the big news to start the week 